What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrosen from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. do it i'm not even counting this in we're just we're going with that that's our that's our signal right there from dynastyleaguefootball.com and a dlf family a podcast that's james the brain i am the floating head of predictions here tonight you actually are just a floating head on the screen that uh, hold on i uh i i didn't practice this nickname so that's brian back from paratus yeah so james is over there talking about floaters i just left or floating goodness or something i don't know i just left some floaters upstairs i hope i mean i hope they went down we'll see what happens later i don't know it's been a while it's been a while yeah the tank on that thing doesn't flush man And it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD Superflex dude, and this is the Superflex Super Show. So yeah, wait, Brian, are, are you are you back for good? Are you back just for the week? What's what's uh what's the deal? Do, are, do, are we privy to this information? Um, I am. I'm back for tonight. I'm taking each right. each opportunity uh kind of separately and each each podcast yes that's right i'm i'm working my way back yes okay that's fair well after you just compared me to some floating stay behinds in your toilet bowl (laughs) um i'm willing to accept that answer i wasn't calling hey i wasn't calling you a floater i was just making the connection that you were talking about floating and you know i there were some floaters in my john upstairs i that's all yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying you were a floater. You're the man, James. I, I You're said James I was a the brain. And uh, I can't wait is... to hear what you have to say, my friend. Oh man. Well, now, now pressure's on. I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta I gotta bring it now. It's the only way the Browns were gonna make it to the Super Bowl, by the way. Oh man, <laughs> the floater comments just keep coming. <laughs> yeah, he really uh he really opened the floodgates on that one. Uh, that, yeah, maybe we'll we'll pinch it off right there though, <laughs> and get into get into this episode of the Superflex Super Show. Um, awesome to be back with you guys. It's been a while since I've uh, been able to to talk with any of you guys. Actually, I last week I was one on one with the with the bun, and uh, the week before that I was just uh, I I was just you know rocking solo so um yeah being being in here with co-hosts just in general is uh is a pretty cool treat so um getting brian back and uh getting james the brain before he takes a, a quick break and um yeah all good stuff so what we want to do today 
is uh, is a super six, top six, top six. And uh, so here's the thing, guys. Like, I feel like, you know, it it's it's really easy as fantasy analysts sometimes to to be very vague and very ambiguous with, you know, with the way we we rank players and the way we value players, um, especially going into a season like this. Like, if 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 you listen to a lot of fantasy analysts. Though, I mean, they like pretty much everyone. They hate a few players and they like everyone else. And it's just kind of like it, 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 it's really hard to sort through it and uh, find the, the, find the action items. So I want to challenge you guys to find some quarterbacks and find some tight ends, your top six of each that, um, that you, you actually, uh, are high enough on this year that you'd be willing to reach for them, that you're going to prioritize them above the others. It's not just, I like this player. It's I'm all in on this player. I'm going, I'm actively pursuing this player uh, in my drafts this year. Now, and this is particularly for redraft. Uh, usually this is more of a dynasty focused podcast, but we're so close to the start of the season that it felt like it's time to, you know, really get down to the brass tacks on players that you're actually targeting. So I think that, so that's going to be the goal tonight. And we'll use the, the good old super six to accomplish this. And uh, so let's get to it. Start with James, the brain with the top six quarterbacks for 2020. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm passionate about all six of these guys, so I'm really, uh, really looking forward to discussing all these guys. I'm going to start with Dak Prescott. And look, Dak Prescott threw for over 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns last season. He had a fantastic year this season. The only thing that's really changed on that offense is that they added C.D. Lamb. They added a, a top-flight pass catcher to that already great, uh, you know, weapons that Dak Prescott has, you add that to Michael Gallup, add that to Amari Cooper. Zeke is fantastic out of the backfield catching the ball. I just think Dak Prescott's in for a fantastic year. He gets to play Washington twice, the Eagles twice, and uh, uh, who else does he play? He plays Washington, the Eagles, and the Giants twice. So uh, th those defenses are, are pretty nice that he gets to play six times this year. Dak Prescott, man, I, I just see his arrow pointing up. I don't see any reason why it would point down. You look at uh, Mike McCarthy coming in there and, you know, the success that quarterbacks have had under Mike McCarthy, whether that was despite him or not, you can argue. But either way, there, there's been successful quarterbacks under Mike McCarthy in, in the, the passing attack there. I, I think Dak Prescott, his arrow is just pointing up. Uh, and again, he already had a successful season last year. He does have that contract now. Uh, so, you know, uh, but he's... He, you know, he's still going to be playing for, I mean, he's doesn't really have the contract, but I mean, he does, he does have a, uh, you know, he's, he's got some stability for the year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this year with him. He still has a lot to play for. There's a lot on the line there. Uh, my number two is Matt Ryan. And again, Matt Ryan, uh, you look at the passing volume on this offense, nothing has changed. For me, continuity is a big thing in this offseason. We don't have a mini camp. We have training camp, but we don't have preseason. Uh, so guys who are coming back in the same system who have, you know, uh, 
similar personnel around them to me are going to be valued. And Julio Jones is back. Dak Press or uh, Julio Jones is back, and Calvin Ridley is back. Um, he does have Hayden Hurst now at tight end to try and replace Austin Hooper, but uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that Todd Gurley is going to be a back that's going to take. Uh, um, passing attempts away from Matt Ryan. Uh, so I think Matt Ryan is in for another fantastic year. This is a guy who I'm targeting, a guy who's going later. You know, he's like QB8, QB9 off the board. I'd be very happy having him, you know, somewhere between QB8 and QB10. Uh, I can get him later, wait on a guy, and get a guy who I think could finish, uh, you know, near the top of passing yards and passing touchdowns this year. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. Why wouldn't it be Patrick Mahomes? Um, the guy's fantastic. Uh, it's unbelievable to me that he was not the number one player in the NFL's top 100 list. The guy was the Super Bowl MVP. He just keeps doing everything. And speaking of continuity, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all back. Um, he's got the same, same, uh, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy's back. He, he still has Andy Reid. It's running the same system. Everything's all systems go. Kansas City is ready to roll. Uh, I expect them to hit the ground running. The only thing different is the running back situation. Uh, but I think they upgraded as far as a pass catcher goes in the backfield with Clyde edwards Lawyer. So um, Patrick Mahomes is another guy. It's an easy answer. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Um, I expect a lot out of him. Tom Brady. This is a little bit different. I mean, this guy's on a new team, so there is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to have to get used to to some new stuff there playing in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, the supporting cast is such a huge upgrade from what he had in New England. He's got Mike Evans. He's got uh, Chris Godwin. Um, and uh, even the running game, you know, I'm, I don't think it's a, a – any, any of our listeners are going to be surprised, and I'm a Ronald Jones fan. Um, but I, I, I think Tom Brady just has so many weapons around him, uh, such an upgrade in personnel that I expect a really nice year from Tom Brady. I expect him uh, in a prove-it year to kind of prove that, uh, that you know, he hasn't, he hasn't lost it like some people think because of his uh, performances in New England lately, so um, the last year or two. So um, I, I think Tom Brady's in for a fantastic year. Drew Locke is the next guy. And Drew Locke, John, I mean, we've been going to bat for Drew Locke for a while. That supporting cast is yes. awesome, man. I mean, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fanton, his second year in that offense. Um, you've got Melvin Gordon, who's a great pass catching back. Philip Lindsay, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. The weapons are just numerous. And Drew Locke is in his second year in the system. I expect bigger things. I expect him to take a step forward. And I think he's going to be an awesome fantasy quarterback, a guy who has a top 10 ceiling this year that you can get as a QB two. Uh, and, and definitely a guy who I am targeting with where he's going. And last but not least, Russell Wilson. This guy is just so steady. He's so good each year. You can just count on how consistent he is. DK Metcalf takes a step forward. Uh, Tyler Lockett gets healthy. The running game is probably a bigger question mark than it has been in years past, so I expect more passing attempts. Russell Wilson's just so safe, so steady. How do you not want Russell Wilson on your fantasy team this year? To me, he is, uh, he's, the, he's the layup of the quarterbacks. I mean, you, just, you know exactly what to expect. Um, you know, he's, he's the safest option at the quarterback position for me. So uh, those are my six guys. And, uh, John, I know you're going to comment in a little <laughs> bit. And you get to tell us whether uh, where I was right and where I was wrong. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save asking you guys what you think, uh, and uh, and just go right to Brian, who's got a super six quarterbacks of his own. Real quick, I, I just uh, kind of a programming note because I can already hear the complaints. <laughs> um, I, I I can I can see into your future, James, 
and uh, your mentions do not look pretty right at the moment. So uh, my question for you, um, just to just to clear this up for every for everybody, and this is actually for both of you guys. Are, are these you guys' top six? Is this is this in order? Is is Dak Prescott literally your your number one quarterback, or is this just kind of in no particular order? These are the six quarterbacks I'm I'm prioritizing. Yeah, I did not put them in order. Um, okay. it, I would have Russell Wilson certainly would have been higher on this list. Yeah, um, I assume so Pat Mahomes would have still been number one. Well, if I if I was projecting these guys as far as top six goes, Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson would have been in my top six. These are guys that at their price are guys that I want on my team. They're guys that uh, that I'm looking to acquire. Um, so, yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't you know these this is the way I think the top six are going to finish. These are guys that um, whether it's at their cost or whether it's guys who I think have an immense ceiling. These are guys that I want on my team. Um, so yeah, those are my top six, and they're in no particular order. Okay, there you go. Hard years aren't either, right? They are not. Okay. Uh, I, I can I can certainly try to kind of order them a little bit but um the the one thing john i think that is that is challenging about this exercise it's a, it's an awesome exercise and a lot of fun i think the one thing for me that was challenging when i was going through these was ignoring the value and i just mm-hmm. couldn't ignore value i mean <laughs> yeah. i mean part of the reason that i want some of these guys on my team is I, I think their production is going to so far outweigh their value where they're being drafted um, and their situations are, are you know, especially for a few of them, just so much better than what I think maybe people realize, or or maybe they do, but I certainly think that their situation is a a, a plush one. Um, so so for me, I I know the exercise was kind of staying away from value and just talking about kind of like these are the guys that I want on my team, but value absolutely still does play a part in this for me. There's that's the reason I want a few of these guys on my team. So I did want to put that out there too. Um, I, I, so I guess a a quick question based on that. um, And this is something that we've never, we, we haven't talked a whole lot about that. Like I said earlier, we kind of focus on dynasty quite a bit on this podcast. And we're part of the dynasty league football.com family of podcasts. It stands to reason that our focus would be dynasty, but you know, regardless of the format, I feel like this time of year, you really start, you, you really kind of zero in on 2020, right? You really zero in on the, the year ahead. And, um, you know, I, I think there are some people who are probably looking beyond, you know, especially if you're going to take kind of a productive struggle approach to this, uh, to this season. Um, you know, if you want to, to try and rebuild around some youth, um, you know, you can certainly look ahead and and start thinking about 2021 rookies and rookie picks and, you know, the guys who are going to, you know, not won't necessarily produce here in 2020, but, you know, breakout could come as early as, you know, late 2020 and then, you know, 2021 and beyond. Um, you know, so, but for the most part, I think that the 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 real focus for most players regardless of the format is on the 2020 season right um and we don't talk a whole lot about the exchange rates you know between dynasty and redraft and we probably should you're our trade guy you're a trade our resident trade addict mm-hmm. 
Um, let's, uh, I, I just want to hit on that real quick and get your thoughts as far as, you know, the difference when you talk about value, the difference in value from redraft to dynasty. I mean, I mean, maybe there isn't one, you know, the obvious. Oh, there absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the obvious difference is with the older guys, but I mean, just kind of in general, like it feels it feels a lot it, to me. It feels a lot harder to to trade in redraft, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it is because the players. I mean, in in there's a lot of reasons to trade in dynasty leagues, right? So y- you can trade to make your team better. You can trade to look towards the future. You can trade to um, acquire a missing piece. You know, there, there's a lot of different you can trade to capitalize on value, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of reasons to trade in dynasty leagues. In redraft leagues, the only reason to trade is to make your team better so that you can win that year, right? Yeah. So, so you know, so values are certainly different. If if you think a guy is going to help your team win this year, then you absolutely should make a move for that guy. I mean, and that is kind of what we're talking about. Like, <clears throat> so these guys are guys that. I'm targeting, right? So now again, when I'm talking about value related to these quarterbacks and 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 the tight ends that we're going to talk about later, I'm I'm talking about I'm not talking about trade value, right? I'm talking about value in terms of where you're getting these guys in drafts, you know, or value in relation to other players at the position. Right. So, I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to cost the most of any quarterback. He's going to be the highest quarterback drafted. If he isn't, there's been a mistake, Um, you know, so but but there are some opportunities, I think, in in redraft leagues to to get some guys that in dynasty leagues, you're not looking at till very late because of age um, or because of long term situation. You know, maybe a long term, the long term situation doesn't look so good because there's not a lot of weapons there, or or because you know there's contracts changing or players potentially leaving in free agency or whatever. None of it matters in redraft. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything but this year in redraft. So you know, it, it, it's a it's a, but but I definitely think there's a value difference in terms of how we evaluate players or how we value players in dynasty versus redraft. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I end up plugging this way too much. It, it starts to get a little bit shameless, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to do it at least one more time. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it ends here. Um, maybe, maybe this is finally the, uh, the end of the, the ASL plugs, but um, I'm writing a, a series of articles, dynastyleaguefootball.com. Um, we're two, our, we're two episodes in two volumes in, uh, the third one coming early next week. And uh, the, it's called a super flex life in this third one. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, the difference between in dynasty, the difference between production and value and kind of the marriage between the two. And I, and I think it's vitally important in dynasty. And, um, you know, sometimes one suffers uh, in favor of the other, but I, I think that that's kind of a distinction that we should maybe try and make for redraft. And, and maybe we don't commit a whole lot of time to it tonight necessarily, but um, I am kind of curious, 
just, uh, you know, if either of you guys have some thoughts, this is all stream of consciousness for me right now. I, I, I don't have the answer. Um, I don't expect either of you guys to have the answer. It's just kind of something that they, they came to me, uh, while you were talking, Brian. And I just, uh, I, it just makes me curious as far as, you know, like if, if we were to say in a dynasty Superflex league that, you know, half of your emphasis is on value and half of your emphasis is on production. And that still might not even be accurate necessarily. That might not be the, quite the ratio because, you know, we have a lot more off season than in season. Um, and, it, you know, in the non-point scoring season, you're really trying to acquire value. You're trying to build up the currency on your roster as much as possible. And then at some point you're trying to cash in that currency to buy actual production. I, and, you know, sometimes you do that by the start of the season. Sometimes it's more in season, but you know, either way, like at some point you try and convert that value into production, right? I wonder, I, I just wonder in redraft how much value we can really hope to accumulate before we start to try and turn it into production, you know? It might be a rhetorical question. I don't know. Maybe you guys have thoughts. It might just be me thinking out loud. Yeah, I, you know, I, and I think I, I think you, you, you place a really good question on that because sometimes you're getting the value because you're not getting the production, but I think – other times the value is there because you think that the production is going to be higher than other people are projecting. And so I think you can get both. I just think it, it depends. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't draft uh, based on value the entire draft uh, just because, you know, I, I, I don't always think that I think that a lot of times the group think is going to be right on a guy. Um, for instance, we all maybe, you know, maybe me and 11 other guys are pretty low on Todd Gurley. And you go, man, Todd Gurley here in the fourth or the fifth round, this, this is where I want to take him, you know, because it's good value. But you might also think, hey, look, while that's good value, I, I, don't, I don't know that it is because I don't know that he's going to produce at that level. Um, so I think the value has to meet the production at some point. I think it's only a value when you think that you're going to get higher production than where he's going. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think that's really going to be where, you know, finding someone that you trust, uh, you know, and using their rankings or using, using accumulative rankings that you, that you, you trust or doing your own rankings, um, is really going to help you from, you know, falling into that. I'm always drafting value, even though I don't feel good about it type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I guess with all that being said, Brian, one last question for you before we get it, get to your quarterbacks. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much you play redraft anymore, um, but in the cases that you do, Scott Fishbowl obviously doesn't count. Value doesn't exist. <laughs> we're all we're looking for is production. Um, but you know, in a, in in other redraft leagues, how how much are you willing to go value based drafting? Um, I mean, it certainly is, is less, I think than, I mean, it's, it's certainly less than it would be in a dynasty league, mm -hmm. but at the same time, again, it's all, it's all, it's all relative to what is happening, 
right? So that's one thing that I would say I think I think I do when I draft and I'm not I, I don't know that I'm a great drafter. <laughs> I mean that might be one of my weaknesses to be honest because I don't necessarily love my teams um when I come out of drafts except home leagues. <laughs> um but you know you know but but I make moves. Now obviously in in a in a redraft format where there's not as much trading and whatnot that that could that could potentially lead to some problems um but but for me it's all again it's all relative to what's happening in a draft i i i just let drafts come to me mm-hmm. i don't i don't really and and <laughs> john you'll that. you will appreciate <laughs> well you'll appreciate this though so okay. that's how i podcast too right so we've we've had yeah, several true. conversations about this it's it's like <laughs> Um, you know, planning is great and necessary. I'm so much more comfortable. I'm p- comfortable with other people planning and 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 <laughs> not not trying to push work off on You're people. Welcome. I'm not saying that. I thank you. Yes, thank you for structure. <laughs> but but you know, I I think I'm fairly comfortable in you know just rolling with it. And 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 whether that's with podcast episodes or whether that's with drafts, I mean, I, I it's not that I don't go in without an idea. It, but it's so many things happen. If I'm picking seven, there are six things that happen before I draft, right? And yeah. what happens is going to determine what I do to some extent. If Patrick Mahomes in a Superflex league falls to the seventh spot, well, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, and that was probably different. I probably wasn't on my radar because he should be gone by the second or third pick, second pick, realistically. So, you know, so I mean, and, and obviously, I mean, that's a very easy example, right? But I do let drafts come to me because there's so much that can happen during drafts. Um and and you know whether that's dynasty or whether that's redraft if a redraft league if i see a guy who you know i get to a certain point in a draft and i'm like look he's not making it back to me i want that production so i take him mm-hmm. you know it, it it's and and that's kind of how i operate in redraft i just i i take guys at the at the moment where i feel like I, I guess that would be kind of a, a a strategy or whatever. At the moment where I have a targeted guy and I think that guy's not going to make it back to me, then that's when I'll pull the trigger. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you, like, but, the, but uh, you know that winging it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for your wife that you don't just let all of your life just kind of happen to you <laughs> you you save that strictly for fantasy football i, yes. I and I, I that's a good thing so yeah we, we can live with that monkey knife fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet and mkf is giving you free money and free dynasty football content with your initial deposit are you ready to rumble Open a new account with a minimum $10 deposit to MKF and you'll receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by one year. Monkey Knife Fight will also match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. 
featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and more. You'll find plenty of entertaining contest options, even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At MKF, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. So check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience, claim your deposit match, and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership, all at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Let's hear about your quarterbacks, though. Let's get your top six. Sure. So I'm going to start with with a couple very obvious ones, I think, that most fantasy football players, redraft, dynasty, whatever format you're playing. Um, the, the two guys at the top for me are Patrick Mahomes, and it's very simple with him. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the game at, what, 24 years old now? Um, already an MVP, already a Super Bowl champion, um, already a Super Bowl MVP. You know, already the, a baseball team owner. Already a, a yeah, owner yeah. owner of the Royals now. So um he's the best there is. Simple as that. He pisses excellent. Well, he does he does. He well and 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 so here's the thing. You could call him he he's going if if his career trajectory stays at what it is, he will be the greatest of all time at the end of it. Okay. Now he's not right now. Tom Brady's the greatest all time. And for me, it's not even debatable at this point. John Hogue hates me right now. Um, it, it's just let me get to the end of my list before you, before you, <laughs> before you're shoot wrong me down. With... Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to type this so loud, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes keeps on the trajectory he's on, he's going to be the best there's ever been. I mean, the kid is just, outstanding there's nothing he can't do he his vision is amazing his accuracy is amazing his arm strength is ridiculous he's a leader by all accounts uh he makes his teammates better he's coachable i mean this guy is the epitome of what a quarterback prospect and eventual starting quarterback in the national football league should be so I mean, we're going to be comparing people again, assuming no injury and a long, you know, successful career. We're going to be comparing people to Patrick Mahomes for a long time. So that's where my list starts. Second on the list for me is is Lamar Jackson. And and that's, you know, look, there's a lot of talk about regression, right? Well, he's he's going to regress. He can't be he can't possibly possibly be as efficient as he was last season. Um you know, teams are going to adjust to his style of play. Look, I, I get it. It it makes sense. And at the same time, this dude isn't like anything we've seen before either. I mean, in a totally different way, in a totally different way than we just talked about Patrick Mahomes. But Lamar Jackson's elusiveness is something that we've never, I mean, we've never seen it. We've never seen it. He's Saquon Barkley at... <laughs> At, you're welcome. I, I, I of course. I, I mean, I'm back, right? I got to get Barkley's name in there. Everybody's sure. laughing. It's wonderful. Um, but but he's he's a quarterback who has that type of agility and shiftiness, and it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Oh, and by the way, he put together an outstanding season throwing the ball last year. He's got more weapons at his disposal this year. Um, 
you know, is there going to be some adjustment by defenses? Yeah, but I don't think adjustment means you're shutting this guy down. Relative to what he did last year in his MVP season, maybe. But I don't think it's going to be enough to not make him, you know, a, a, a top quarterback in fantasy leagues. So, um, so those two guys are at the top of my list, and I want them everywhere. If there's an opportunity for me to get them, I'm definitely getting them. Getting them. Um, from there, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Matt Stafford, and and for me with Matt Stafford, look, this guy is criminally undervalued every single year. All he does is put put up like decent fantasy numbers. You don't have to spend any capital on him, especially in redraft leagues. I mean, it, it's just it's insane. And he was he was unbelievable last year until he went down with the with the back. Um, I think he was he was quarterback six, I believe, um, six or seven at the time of his injury um and just you know he he's found the connection with Kenny Galladay um uh, they have Marvin Jones there TJ Hawkinson's going to probably take a step and come into his own some this year this is the best set of weapons he's had on a football field since Calvin Johnson retired i mean Calvin Johnson's the greatest receiver to ever play the game don't don't at me people Dude. he's just to me he's the greatest that's ever played the game the greatest i've seen with my two eyes play the game he's outstanding regardless randy moss or I, I i so jerry those those are the three i mean those are the top three simple as that um they're very different they're very different players we can debate that another time guys we could do a whole show on on those three receivers I love all of those guys, um, but to me, Calvin was just—he—he he did things triple covered that I don't—I've never seen anybody else do. So, anyways, Calvin Johnson was outstanding. Matthew Stafford had him. He threw him the ball a lot. Great, whatever. I think this—this this is the best set of offensive weapons he had. You got DeAndre Swift now out of the backfield in 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 Detroit, um, which I think is going to be a big help uh, as well to pad stats. Um, you know, so I, I like Matthew Stafford. I think, he, again, you don't have to spend a lot. And that that's where kind of the value thing comes in, right? So, like, where you would have to draft Matthew Stafford, I think the production is going to way outweigh the cost of drafting him when you do. Um, from there, it goes to the three old guys. Uh, and and these, these are three of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played. The greatest, Tom Brady. Um, and then two guys that are not far behind, in my opinion. And I know, you know, we have some different hosts on this show <laughs> that are, are probably feeling very different things right now uh, about these comments. But um, the, the other two guys are, are Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. And for me, I mean, at the top of this list of old guys is Tom Brady, right? So Tom Brady had one season, eh, well, two seasons, I guess, with an elite wide receiver, Randy Moss. He made guys like Julian Edelman. All, all he did that year was throw 50 touchdowns. I'm not sure if you and, and go undefeated uh and, until the Super Bowl. So I'm I'm not sure if anybody paid attention that year, but he, you know, has a Hall of Fame or, or a, a stud wide receiver, and all he did was throw 50 touchdowns and break the touchdown record at the time. So um, you know, he, he's made guys that are that were college quarterbacks in Julian Edelman. And don't get me wrong, I think Julian Edelman is a great wide receiver, but Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Dion Branch, Troy Brown, I mean, you name it, the receivers that he's had and made relevant. And what have those guys done without Tom Brady? Absolutely nothing. So 
you know, or, 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 I mean, in Welker's case, I guess he, he went on and played with Peyton Manning. So forgive me. Um, but you know, so, so he, he now comes into a situation in Tampa. Yes. It is a different offense. Yes. There will be an adjustment period. Bruce Arians has the reputation of being a guy though, that, that, you know, is, is an offensive innovator that, that, is is really involved with his quarterbacks. You know, he was that way in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger loved him. Um, you know, the, the, he he's he's made. You know, he had the the Cardinals doing things that nobody really expected them to do. You know, so and the weapons, right? Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both elite wide receivers in the National Football League. So these guys are. I mean, I'm not saying they're Randy Moss, but they're. They're elite wide receivers. They're better than anybody not named Randy Moss that he's ever been able to throw the ball to. They bring in his guy, Gronk, right? They get so and and James, I know you talked about Rojo. I'm not a huge Rojo fan, but he's he's also, you know, he he also is going to be involved in that offense. And I think he can be he can contribute in that offense. The backfield's gonna be interesting in in that case. The bottom line is all the guys can catch the ball and Tom Brady benefits from all of those guys catching the ball. So I don't really care who it is. They brought Shady in, I believe, today. Um, so that's kind of news. Uh, so we'll see you know, what kind of role he plays catching, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. But I just think this cast of players with Tom Brady in Tampa, yes, it's a new offense. Yes, it might take them a couple of weeks to gel and get going. But once they do get going, they have the horses to just keep going. And I think they're going to be a legit Super Bowl contender. And I think they're going to make a lot of fantasy managers very happy who draft all of these skill guys. Um, and then the other two guys, Drew Brees, of course, another Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best that's ever played. Um you know, he he has an elite wide receiver in Michael Thomas. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders, who is probably the best two they've had there. Um, you know, I, I like this offense a lot. They still have Alvin Kamara back there catching passes out of the backfield. Um, Drew Brees will be just as relevant as Drew Brees has been. Now, is it going to be 5,000 yard and 40 touchdown Drew Brees? No, probably not. But you know, high, you know, 3,800 to 4,200 yards and 25 to 30, I think. Yeah. Because that's what we've seen for the last 15 years. Right. So, um, so for me, Drew Brees again is going to be fantasy relevant and especially in redraft. Um, and then the last guy in the most controversial in this list or not, if you're John Hogue, uh, is, mm. is Aaron Rodgers. No and controversy. So here's, Thanks here's, <laughs> So here's what I want to say about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I've seen a lot of, John, your conversations with folks, right? Because you you defend Aaron Rodgers and his greatness at every opportunity, and rightfully so. He's He's been a great quarterback over the course of his career. I think where people get tripped up with Aaron Rodgers is if they're expecting the Aaron Rodgers that played – and and was so great five years ago, six years ago. They're not going to get that guy. But that doesn't mean they're getting shit. I mean, Aaron Rodgers produces, and 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 he's so safe because of, he, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't turn the ball over. He had, he's had double-digit double digit interceptions twice in his career. Twice. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't turn the ball over. So... Um, and, and he throws, you know, I mean, 
people talk about the demise of Aaron Rodgers. And look, I, you know, I, I saw the thread um, just yesterday. I think that, that you were going back and forth. Maybe um, I forget who it was with, but um, they, you know, they were asking you, are, are you denying that Aaron Rodgers is in decline? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what'd you say? Yeah, it, that was, uh, that was Nick Whalen. Okay. Arguing with, so yeah, I survived. Yeah. 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 So, and, and <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you survived. Um, so I would answer that question and say, yes, Aaron Rodgers is declining. Okay. Again, we're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played. So, and he's 38 years old. He's not the same guy. He's 36 years old. He's 36 years old, whatever, 36, 38. I'm 37. It's all the same, man. I felt the same <laughs> for like the last four years. So I don't that's, know. That's true. But, but I mean, everybody talks about these terrible years that Aaron Rodgers has had the last two seasons. He threw for 25 touchdowns in 18, 26 in 19. Is that 40? No, that's not 40. And if you're expecting 40 from Aaron Rodgers, you should be ashamed because he's only thrown for over 40 touchdowns twice in his career. Okay. I wish you no. didn't even put he's, him on your list now. He's, like you, you no, did no, that no. to throw me a bone, and like <laughs> this is this John. does not sound like he belongs on your list, John. He no. See, here's he doesn't belong on this. I list. am so right in the change. middle. I am so right in the middle on the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> conversation that yeah. that I'm probably I'm gonna get chewed up here one way or another. Okay, so uh, Aaron Rodgers has been he, he he was elite for a long time he's not elite anymore john i don't believe okay he could be he could I, be yes i don't i, I don't that's i don't where, know any better than you do that's the thing none of us know this none of us know what what he's still capable of because we haven't seen an accurate representation that's that's all but is it reasonable to okay, let me put this in a totally different realm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a stud. Okay. <laughs> I have to agree to that before we can get it. <laughs> Do you feel like 37-year-old Brian? Thing to you, by the way. Do you okay. feel that 37-year-old Brian can mm-hmm. do the same stuff? that 27 year old Brian could do from a physical standpoint. I mean, I didn't know you when you were 27. I was a stud then too. Yeah. Huh. A little yeah, bit different. I, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it depends on what we're talking about. You know, okay. if, if you're talking about, um, you know, if, if you're talking about like taking an inbounds pass, you know, coast to coast, dribbling around all five defenders and then dunking like, no, it, it, you, you, I, I'm sure that you were doing that all the time at 27. You're probably you not doing that at 37. Yeah. Yeah. No, no more Tom Tomahawk dunks for you. Like you're, you're kind of, it's like just a two handed, like not even all that much power behind it. Just right. kind of, just kind of set it in the hoop. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sure. Aaron Rodgers is playing the most physical game on earth, arguably. But one of the least physical positions on earth. Um, I would say that that's true, 
<laughs> but it's not one that has been kind to him necessarily. I mean, he's been pretty beat up over the years. Yeah. He's had some shitty offensive lines. Yep. You know, and he's he's had some unfortunate situations with collarbones and with shoulders and with different injuries that he's dealt with. So he's he's not physically Aaron Rodgers from six years ago. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have the possible the possible capability of doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't argue with that, John. I think <laughs> You know he has the mental, the 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 mental side of the game. The 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 you know his accuracy. Um, he's still not turning the ball over. Six interceptions in the last two years, right? So he obviously he can take care of the football, but I don't think he can physically do what he did. So so those tight throws, maybe he's not. Maybe they're just a half an inch off, and that's a, makes a difference. Yeah. And here's the other thing. You your part of your argument is is um the situation, right? So he's 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 not been able to prove that he's the Aaron Rodgers of old over the last several seasons. That's not changing this year. I don't know why not. I don't I, you don't know why no, not. No, I don't know why not. I mean if he stays healthy for 12 games isn't enough to make him an elite quarterback and he has no one else to throw to sure he does and sure they want to run the ball he still has receivers they're not just it's not it's he not has, just has, a bunch of cardboard cutouts i, I mean it's it's like a, it's, a, it's a step there. above that but still though these are like human beings who can run at a decent speed and who can catch the football when it hits them in the hands <laughs> these aren't I don't know. People act like these guys, these are just like kindergartners or something where the ball's just going to like bounce off their head and just kind of flutter away or something. I I don't get it. These are still professional wide receivers. I mean, I don't know for how much longer, but (laughs) okay. How dare you? you? And here's the thing. Like my families, by the way, they have inner lives. They well, have those feelings that will, that will believe in them. I, I look. I, I'm not even gonna. It, it's not even about Aaron Rodgers anymore. It's about like that team. Just okay. You can hide. You can you can coach speak what you want to do, and mm-hmm. you can you know that's fine. But the one thing you can't hide is the moves that you make, whether it's in the draft or free agency. And like we just saw what they want to do. Like they just ran the ball a ton last year and now this year they went out and they spent draft capital on another quarterback and a running back and offensive lineman and the one wide receiver they brought in is like a six five hulking beast that can block for the run on the outside like (laughs) like they they, they got it john they use draft capital on a tight end that they're turning into a fullback they, they're telling you what they want to do. They want to run the football. It's not even about Aaron Rodgers and his talent anymore. He could be he could be Patrick Mahomes back there this year, and it won't matter because I just don't think he gets the attempts. That's, that's my only issue with Rodgers. It's yeah. not even about his talent right now. It's just about the way that team is pretty much saying, okay, uh, we're just going to – we're going to treat you like Alex Smith even if you're Peyton Manning. Like it doesn't matter. This is how we want you to run the offense. And like I just think it 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 sucks, it, it sucks for his fantasy value. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, 
And if I am, my God, well, it's going to be an off season because I'm going to hear about it every week. But <laughs> yes, you I, will. Everyone am, will. Yeah, if I am wrong, I'll, I'll proudly take the L on this one. Yeah, that's the th- that's the that's the beauty of all of this. If I'm if I'm wrong, I mean, I'll take my lumps if I'm wrong. But I mean, how much can you really rag on somebody when like they're all alone on an island on this? You know, we, we all you have to say is see, like we all we all called this one whatever. You know, but and if John- I'm right. Mm-hmm. If I'm right and I'm the only one taking a victory lap, my God, is that victory lap going to no, be glorious? No, 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 I won't let you. Do you know why? Because last year I was calling for Ryan Tannehill to be the starter when nobody else thought Mariota would be benched. And I didn't get that victory lap. It was like, oh, that one was boring, though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, and John, that's my whole point here as to why I want. Aaron Rodgers on my rosters in redraft leagues is because you're you're right you're kind of on an island where you are I'm not on the other island I'm not on the other island I don't think he's totally done I don't think he's useless I don't think he's you know we should just chuck him to the wind at all but you know and it but but a lot of people do most people do and I think that's why I want him is because and and again, this going back to the value stuff, I don't think that for the production that you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers, I don't think you're going to have to pay the cost that, you know, what what you would think he should be worth or or even people who mildly appreciate Aaron Rodgers like yeah. myself. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I just don't think you're going to have to pay what you probably should have to pay even for this version of Aaron Rodgers. And therefore, I you know, I'm targeting his production. Yeah. That's the mental all image I have in my head of Brian is like, there's Aaron Rodgers Island and then there's, and he's not there. And then there's like anti Aaron Rodgers Island and he's not there. He's in the ocean. <laughs> Just kind of parked. He's, he's looking like I'm windsurfing. Where do I want to in between? I don't know where to swim. Like which which direction? <laughs> he just par- just parked his yacht right in between, and just kind of <laughs> just like yeah. drinking a beer and looking at one, and then looking at the other. <laughs> just kind of like, wait, why are you guys on those islands when you could be on a boat? <laughs> you could be drinking beer right now. You guys are stupid. <laughs> uh, that's why he's a stud, and we're not. Um, <laughs> Also, somehow James uh, James just sent us a, a private uh, DM with a picture of Aaron Rodgers wearing um, is that denim? It, it might be denim. I mean, certainly a a cowboy hat um, and a bolo tie, and uh, not flattering at all. James has the most the the just the most vast ex- just collection of pictures that make Aaron Rodgers look like an absolute tool. And he uses those in his for his values and his rankings of Aaron Rodgers. This is the only player that you do this to, by the way. This is the only one that you say, hey, we caught him making a, a just an absolute god-awful face on the sideline. Move him down in the rankings. Like this, he looks like he's he's got bell's palsy so yeah we're just gonna go ahead and drop him off the face of the earth in our rankings yeah that these images are surprisingly not hard to find for their <laughs> but 
that way. If you sp- if you're willing to spend the time to do it, no, yeah, no, that, that was just it. It didn't it didn't take up a lot of my day. Let's put it that, that way. I, I I got about thirty images in uh, in like twelve minutes, so it didn't it didn't take a lot of time to find these. Uh, surprisingly, um, but I guess when you're that high profile of a guy, uh, you're going to have some unflattering pictures taken. But come on, sometimes he does this to himself, like. <laughs> My when I was young, my mom wouldn't have dressed me in that neck get up like that. That's rough. He left the house willingly in that outfit. So I mean, he he did some of this to himself. Yeah, yeah. It's like sometimes. First of all, he's not a real good looking dude. I don't think. I it's it's I've I've heard uh, females say that he is, and I I don't see it. But um, you know, I, he also he he does try to pattern after cam newton maybe a little too much with the with the attire um anyways <laughs> none of this is relevant but uh i just yeah i mean if we're gonna talk aaron Rodgers, we're we're talking aaron Rodgers all the way we're talking aaron Rodgers on my terms um i even had to agree that brian's a stud for some reason i don't know what that had to do with anything but because like because it's true john it's damn true all right. I, I, like I said, at some point, I'm going to do that same thing to you, by the way. I'm going I'm to make you agree that I'm the king. of. I'm the mayor of Superflex City, USA. Can, can we agree to that before I make this point? Can we agree that I'm just ridiculously awesome and I am I am Mr. Superflex? Can we agree to that? It only works if you promise to say something nice about Saquon Barkley first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you got you to have that bait out there, you know? He didn't say anything particularly nice about Aaron Rodgers. It was <laughs> you didn't. You don't have really to just say. Kinda, I have to promise you're going to. It's John, he was really kind of age shaming him. Is all I like. He's younger than me, <laughs> just barely. I'm still more of a stud than he is. I don't have nearly See? the money that he has. But there you go. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, I, 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 hey, before we move on, I yeah. will oblige you. Mm-hmm. You're you you're probably the king shit of Superflex. Whoa! All right, I would I would say I would say that that you certainly are. I would say the two of you, to be honest, you and James, you and Mister Brain, I would say for me are are absolutely the 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 two. Look, the coolest thing about about superflex analysis and analysts like superflex specific analysts is we're all freaking awesome like That's true we're that all studs true. like if you look around at the guys who really really so first of all i, I i'd like to get this out there too so my hiatus has done me good and i'm 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 Back to kind of old Brian. So I'm saying this all in a joking manner. Like, I mean, I mean, not the stuff about you guys being awesome, but just about like me being a stud. Like, I'm not a stud at all. I, I, not at all. I mean, I, maybe I'm funny a little bit sometimes. Maybe I'm also not funny sometimes. So that's okay. But, but back to the superflex stuff. The the people that are superflex specific are some of my, I mean, personally are my, are, are some of my best friends and favorite people in the community. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the two of you stomp Ethan, you know, swags and two drink, um, you know, um, uh, super duper flex bill and, and those guys, you know, I mean, they're the, the people that are, 
and obviously I'm going to leave someone off and they're going to get pissed and I'm really sorry. I don't mean to leave anybody off, but I mean, really that our community, our little niche community and look, yes, everybody plays super flex, but as far as the fantasy football community and the analysts who really say, look, we're, we're super flex analysts per se. Um, it, it's a, it's a really neat group of guys, really nice mm-hmm. guys, really knowledgeable guys. Um, and, and you, John, and you, James, are both certainly at the top of that list. Man, well, thank you. I see yeah, when you start including all those guys, like I feel like John is like the mayor of Superflex City, and I'm like the comptroller of Superflex City, you know, like I'm I'm just I'm around, you know, like someone may need something specific and be like, Oh, hey, you that's actually something that you can ask James about and like wake him up. And ask him. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the way I see myself. So, um, and I'm happy. There, and I'm very happy there. If there, if there's anything floating in any pools of water, ask James. <laughs> He's got the floaters covered. Well, now pools of water would be John. Ah, uh, yes. Small. If it's a small bowl of water, maybe that's me. Maybe that's my. That's my territory right there. I'm just happy to ride the trolley across town. Yeah, yeah, you're responsible for the floaters uh, in my bowl. Thanks, thank you, Brian. <laughs> oh, and you're welcome for taking that off track. <laughs> I finally have an understanding somewhat of what a comptroller does. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that until now. Um, but so, yeah, some about bowls of water. Um, I, so <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tight knit group for sure, and uh, a bunch of uh, very smart minds. This super flex army, this super team of super friends. So, um, as far as these man, we're, <laughs> we went way off the rails. Uh, we could do a lot more analysis on these quarterbacks. You guys only have two of them in common: it's Pat Mahomes and it's Tom Brady. So, you know, there's, there's uh, obviously some disconnect, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's obviously a little bit of disconnect there. Um, I don't know that we have time to get into it though. We still, we still need to go through the tight ends and we need to rock through them so that, uh, we can finish off our super six. So, um, let's, we'll just move on to the tight ends. I mean, at the end of the day, we just gave you a list, you know, basically of, uh, of, 10, 10 quarterbacks who are, who, you know, who are very strong considerations for 2020. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, so let's move on to the tight ends and, uh, start back with you, James. Yeah, I'm going to go pretty quick through these. Um, so in no particular order, uh, Mike Kosecki is on there for me. Uh, and look, Deeper really won me over with Mike Kosecki. We had him on the Superflex Super Show about a month ago, and he pointed out how Mike Kosecki in the second half of the season averaged over eight targets a game the last eight weeks. So uh, 8.25 targets a game, that is insane. If he can keep that up, um, he definitely has a top 10 maybe even top six, seven finish at tight end uh, waiting for him uh, this year. And let's be honest, he's not being drafted that high. So uh, I, I really like his value and I like him as a breakout candidate. Janu Smith is another guy. Uh, Ryan Tannehill likes to play it safe a lot of times with the ball. Um, I'm not buying into Corey Davis. So outside of AJ Brown, I think Janu Smith is in line for a lot of targets at that tight end position. There's some vacated targets with uh, Dwayne Walker leaving. So I think Janu Smith uh, could see some. And you know what the crazy thing is with Janu Smith? The guy had like double-digit rushing attempts last year. 
it was weird, but, uh, but he's so athletic. I just wanted to find him ways to get, to get the ball in his hand. So um, I thought that was pretty cool that, uh, that he had those rushing attempts too. So Janute Smith is a guy that I think athletically um, has the profile to break out with, uh, with an increased target share. Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on. Travis Kelsey is so good every year. Nothing's going to change this year. Again, the continuity, same quarterback, same offense, same everything um, in, in a year where, uh, you know, COVID has, uh, has kind of wreaked havoc on on training camps, on preseason, on mini camps. Um, I, I, I really like that continuity. And Travis Kelsey's just been playing at such a high level for such a long time. I expect him to be good again. Uh, Irv Smith is a breakout candidate to me, too. Um, this is a guy who later in the year got uh, higher usage and in the playoffs. And we saw that he, he could handle that, that workload. So um, I think Bruce Smith is a guy that could break out uh, Kyle Rudolph's in a contract year. So I, I think now's the time to start transitioning from Rudolph to uh, Irv Smith. Uh, number five for me is Austin Hooper. This is a guy who I did not think would be on this list, but the problem is, is that he has dropped so much in value since he left Atlanta that now he's becoming a value. He's almost going outside the top 10 tight ends. And this is a guy who finished what top five the last couple of years. I mean, he's proven that he can finish there. I know that his targets are probably going to go down, uh, but I still think he's a value with where he's going and what he's proven he can do in the league. Number six for me, Oh, Doyle rules. Jack Doyle, man. I love Jack Doyle where he's going. He's like tight end 20. He is going so late in drafts that you could take him as your tight end too. He's going to see targets. Um, you know, in, in Indianapolis, he gets a, a better quarterback this year with Phillip Rivers, one that likes the tight end. Jack Doyle is there. There's nowhere. Debron. I mean, things are just lining up for Jack Doyle to have a pretty decent season. Um, I, I just think where you can get him, man, this is a guy that I want. This is a guy I want as my tight end too, because this is a guy who can finish as a tight end one this year. So that's my list for my six tight ends there. And John, you can tell me how wrong I am later. Cause I know, I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna, but yes, sir. Brian, you got six tight ends here and uh, you got some different names on your list than I did. I do. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the ones that we have in common, uh, James, and that's Irv Smith and Travis Kelsey. Um, love both of these guys. I, I mean, Travis Kelsey, what's what's really not to love? I mean, he he's the best tight end in the league or maybe second now. Maybe um, he's playing with the best quarterback in the league by far. Uh, you know, yes, they have weapons everywhere, but. I mean, Travis Kelsey's a nightmare mismatch out there, and um, he's so solid and he's so consistent, um, and and he's capable of just absolute monster. He's capable of winning you weeks. So Kelsey is definitely up there, and then I love Irv Smith. Pretty much everything you said. I mean, his usage towards the end of the season, I really like. I think he showed that he can handle that usage. I love Kyle Rudolph too, especially as a person. I don't know if anybody remembers all the stuff with the children's hospitals and and different things that he does in his community he's an awesome dude but it is a contract year for him he's getting up there a little bit in age and i do think that they want to start putting irv smith in that role and making sure he can handle it so that they can make a decision on kyle rudolph um and and i i do agree that he he could be a, a potential breakout candidate um again at the top of my list other than Travis Kelsey I've got I've got uh the other two stud tight ends the the you know clear three for me um are, are, are Kelsey Kittle and Zach Ertz um a lot of people probably disagree with me on Zach Ertz 
Um, I, I personally think you're wrong. I mean, the, the guy split. I mean, Dallas Goddard caught 58 passes last year. And Zach Ertz still caught 88 for 916 and 6. So, I mean, it, it, he's it, Dallas got, they can both be productive in that offense. And Zach Ertz is the top dog, period. You know, do does does Dallas Goddard get a little bit more work? Maybe I don't, but but again, I don't think that takes away from look. The Eagles throw the ball to the tight end, period. Period. They, they threw it to both of them 130 some times, 130 some receptions between the two last year. So, um, yes, they have Jalen Rager now. Uh, you know, they they draft him. Uh, Miles Sanders catching the ball out of the backfield, Boston Scott catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, they still got DJX going deep and different things if he's there. If he ends up being there, um, he hadn't been cut yet, right? Uh, I don't think Deshaun Jackson no. hasn't been cut yet, right? No, no, we okay. So, I mean, who knows what will happen with that situation? But, um, but I love Zach Ertz. I think you know his his that's one where it's opposite, right? So his value is dropping, but his production is not at all. So, um, I'm 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 all aboard the Zach Ertz train, and I still want him this year uh, for sure. Um, and then the other two guys I have on this list. So one is Eric Ebron, and I really like the idea of Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it's going to work out. We're going to find out. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throughout his career has had some pretty good success with tight ends. Uh, you know, obviously Heath Miller, who was a hell of a blocker and a, and a very good pass catcher. He had, he had a knack for making, you know, he wasn't the most athletic guy, but he had a knack for making big time catches at big time moments in games. Um, tough as nails too. one, one of my favorite Steelers ever. Uh, but, but, you know, Ebron, they, they've been searching for an athletic tight end ever since Heath retired. And, you know, they bring in Ladarius Green and he never plays a snap for them. Um, you know, they bring in Vance, Mc, they, they bring in Vance McDonald and then they trade for Nick Vannett. And they just, you know, it's been this rotation of guys trying to find that athletic tight end. Eric Ebron is an athletic tight end, a very athletic tight end um, who, who has had some success. You know, with obviously in, in Indy with all of the touchdowns now, you know, who knows if he'll catch that many touchdowns in Pittsburgh? Probably not. But um, but I'm intrigued, and I'm intrigued by a returning Ben Roethlisberger in that offense. If Roethlisberger goes down, it's over for Ebron. Um, you know, but but I am intrigued to see what he can do in that offense and how they use him. So he's a guy that I'm kind of targeting a little bit later in drafts. Um, if I'm winging tight end in a draft, I would I would pick him up towards the end uh, as a flyer because I think there's quite a bit of upside there. Um, so I, I like Eric Ebron. And then the last one for me um, is Noah Fant. And look, um, Noah Fant is really good. Like, really, really good. And, you know, the argument might be made, well, they have a ton of mouths to feed. And they do. But all of those weapons on the field are going to mean that Noah Fant has unbelievable matchups. And he's the type of freak tight end athlete that is going to absolutely feast on those matchups. He's a stud, just an absolute stud. Um, and, and, and honestly, I don't know. He's going to be another one, I think. If he can get a connection going with Drew Locke, you're going to see him take a Mark Andrews type rise in tight end rankings 
moving forward here. I mean, he's he's an talent wise, he's an absolute stud. He has all the tools. Um, he he does it all. Uh, you know, there that offense I think is is going to take a major step forward this year, and I think Noah Fant's going to be a big part of that. Nice. You know, I like that one. Um, there, uh, that's, that's one of many calls here that I, uh, that I did like that I did enjoy. Um, but, uh, you guys also had some, some things that you were very wrong on. So here's the thing, um, doing a super six, obviously we've only done four lists. So the last two lists are going to be mine and it's going to be grading you guys's, uh, two top six lists each. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you first the top six calls that James and or Brian got right, and then we're gonna do the top six calls that you both got wrong, uh, or that you know one of you got wrong. So starting with the 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 ones you got right. So first of all, Mike Jasicki and Johnu Smith from James, like that to me, that's uh, if if you don't end up with you know, one of the top three, maybe four tight ends. I don't even know that there's a fourth guy that I want. You know, if I don't get Kelsey Kittle Andrews, I, I you know, I, at that point, I think I, like I just wait until, you know, kind of late in the draft and then I'll reach for those two guys. And I think like the combination of those two guys, you're going to get a breakout from at least one of them, if not both. And honestly, I would, I would rather, you know, put push my chips in on either one of those two guys, if not both, than, you know, some of the some of the other tight ends that we're still pretending are kind of in the the top, you know, the upper tiers, you know, the Darren Waller and Evan Ingram and um, Hunter Henry. I like I I don't have any interest in those guys. But Jasicki and Johnu Smith, the opportunity for a breakout here just feels um, just, you know, like like such a such an all in move and definitely the type of move that I would make in a redraft league. I would rather get those guys, you know, ADP, forget ADP, even though you're going to get them a lot later than you're going to get, you know, some of the other guys I mentioned. But, you know, even beyond that, I would literally rather have those guys on my team, I would trade, you know, Evan Ingram straight up. I would trade Zach Ertz straight up for Mike Jasicki and Johnu Smith. And man, I might even consider that in a dynasty league, but certainly in redraft. Uh, Brian got it right with Lamar Jackson. I mean, in you know, the there's with how how tricky this season is going to be to navigate. I think that there's, you know, there's there's a lot more emphasis going to be put on quarterbacks with escapability. Obviously, he's going to regress. He's not going to put up the type of numbers he put uh, he put up last year. Um, but I think that you still want, you know, in a redraft league in particular, in dynasty leagues, I generally don't like the running quarterbacks. But in a redraft league, I think that it's it's going to be vitally important this year uh, above all else because you're you know you're going to have running backs wide receivers offensive linemen those guys are those guys could be coming and going from the lineup pretty frequently you know with covid going around so um you know a healthy 
quarterback who can who can escape, who can run, and who can make up for those deficiencies. Uh, I think is going to be vitally important. So I love you know Lamar Jackson even as one of the top you know two to four picks in a, a superflex uh, redraft league. Uh, Tom Brady, you both had Tom Brady, and I, I, I love Tom Brady. I, I, and I do question a little bit what is his, like, what's his ceiling in it here in his first year in Bruce Arians' offense? Um, you know, without the familiarity with the wide receivers, especially without, you know, with a truncated uh, training camp, without preseason games. But what I do like is. I, to me anyways. So in 2019, he was actually the quarterback 12. Aaron Rodgers was quarterback 11. This is from fantasypros.com. We always talk about Aaron Rodgers being quarterback 12 and actually uh he was 11, Brady was 12. And uh he scored 255.84 points uh, for an average of 17.06 points per game. To me that's his floor. And if you're telling me that like, because, you know, it, it was, it was a system that was a lot less, uh, you know, aerial than, uh, than what he's going to have in Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously the, the weapons are significantly better now in Tampa Bay. So, you know, to me, even, even in a new system with a new group of, of pass catchers, Tom Brady's floor is still what he did last year in new England. And, you know, if I can get 17 points per game every single week from my super flex position, you know, I, I, I'm all about that. Uh, Drew Locke. James had Drew Locke. Um, we talked a lot about Drew Locke. I won't spend a whole lot of time on that. But I will say that's the type of upside that you need in a redraft league and uh, in, in super flex. Take some shots at some guys who could be the number one overall quarterback for the year. And I, you know, we talked about this quite a bit as well, where, you know, maybe, maybe you don't even believe that it's Drew Locke necessarily. That's fine. Like go, go after Gardner Minshew and Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones, but, you know, grab a couple of those guys and try and get that second year breakout. So yeah, to me, Drew Locke still is, is the, you know, the, most obvious candidate for that but either way like the strategy really is it's not necessarily even focus on drew lock but just you know you follow the strategy uh george kittle brian had george kittle in his top six tight ends uh, i mean that offense is just like it's kind of it's already starting to get decimated we talk about the the super bowl hangover and, uh, you know, you already lost Debo Samuel to that Jones fracture. He's on his way back, but, you know, to, to what degree? And, you know, you the, the uh, you, you lost Matt Breda, um, you know, bring in Brandon Ayuk, I guess. But, you know, it, it the, the weapons just still aren't great. George Kittle is easily your alpha in that offense. He's to me, he's, he's the guy that the one guy who gives you an unfair advantage at tight end. I I don't even know that Kelsey necessarily does that for you anymore. Um, Maybe those two guys, but I mean, if you have one of those guys, 
it really kind of allows you to ignore the wide receiver position a little bit. Um, you can fade it for, you know, for a couple rounds and basically just treat George Kittle as your wide receiver one. And then, uh, and then Pat Mahomes, I mean, he's just the, he's the ultimate unfair advantage in super flex. We saw the consistency last year to a point where, you know, he gets injured in that Denver game, dislocates the kneecap, um, and goes out in the first half and still finished with double digit points. No other quarterback had double digit points every single week. Like he literally, it wasn't just an average. He literally did that. Uh, the guys that you guys got wrong, though, or the calls that you guys got wrong. First of all, we're at zero. There were none. Freaking Brian. End of the show. <laughs> end of the show sheet. End of the show. <laughs> freaking, freaking stud Brian over it's here. <laughs> Calling Tom Brady the greatest of all time at what? I don't know. I have no idea. Whoa. Greatest, greatest consumer of Uggs. Oh, 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 oh. Man. John, this is this is sour grapes. Is what it sounds like to me. Maybe, Brian. Maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, he he's got a lot of Super Bowl rings, but is he is he really? Um, um, you need to have a chat with Herm <laughs> Edwards. Is that right? What? Well, why? Okay. Yes. What is term? Because he's going to tell you the reason that you I'll play call the him game. up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. John, this I have one is... question before you go any further with this. Uh -huh. Who is your greatest of all time, John? Uh. Be very careful here, sir. <laughs> you know, it's it. I. There are only two answers. One of yeah. them is Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Joe Montana is is the other one? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that Montana is a a better actual quarterback than Tom Brady. I've I've said this before, and I mean I took some heat over it, so I don't know why I would repeat it, but I guess I'm going to. Here we go. Tom Brady was a glorified game manager for most of his career in New England. Here's my issue with that statement. Okay. Both you guys Here, off. No, here's my no. Here, here's the thing. What is greatness? I mean, what, what I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that define greatness. In mm. my opinion, greatness is so so there are certain players in sports who um I mean you you just know that something's going to happen, right? So like, and so this is the Homer in me, but um, Sidney Crosby on a breakaway is going to score. He's going to score. Okay. Alex Ovechkin on the power play on the left side is, is going to score on a slap shot. Like there's just certain things. Tom Brady. No, 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 no. You, you need to have a Patrick Kane one in there for this Blackhawk fan now. So go on. Patrick Kane is going to get in trouble with the law. No, I'm I'm just kidding, James. That was, oh. <laughs> that was total low blow. Total total. Um, but I don't but even know just, what sport you guys are talking about. Look, okay, so, um, Derek Jeter comes up in the bottom of the ninth in September, mm -hmm. and you need a run. He's going to get a hit. Like there are just guys <laughs> that are so clutch. Tom Brady is that. 
you yeah. knew, you know, with the exception of two games against the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tom Brady, you knew he was winning. I mean, he was winning. He was winning. Yeah. I mean, he 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 wasn't always the best statistically, but he had some pretty great statistical years. He he, you know, managed games early in his career, but he made that third down and 12 throw every single time, which is why they kept winning Super Bowls. And they don't win those Super Bowls with a different quarterback. Yeah. So that's well, that to me is where he has set himself apart across the the years of his career. And obviously he's had a long career too. And yes, he was playing for the greatest coach of all time too, but that doesn't to me in my again, just my opinion, but that doesn't minimize Tom Brady's greatness. I don't think either of those guys are as great as they are without each other, but I think they're both great in their own right. Yeah, definitely. He he's he's still a great player. Uh, uh, one of the all-time greats for sure. The most important piece of on the greatest team of all time. But that's the thing. I I do hold that against him a little bit, the fact that this was still this this was still the it, it was the Patriots. It was the Patriot way. It wasn't Tom Brady. It, it, and I mean, I like I'm I'm very hesitant with this one because I I I understand that I'm coming at this from a very Homer standpoint, but uh, I will point out that as an executive, I have been very critical of John Elway as a player. He drug an absolute trash roster to four Super Bowls. He didn't win any of them, but he he got them there with absolutely nothing else. No Hall of Famers, barely any even pro bowlers. Ask anyone outside of Denver who his wide receivers were. They they can't. They're not going to come up with names like. Rick well, yeah, but he was playing the Browns in the playoffs. I mean, oh, man. Dude, stop it. <laughs> James, did you miss me? <laughs> You're going to make me cry if I start thinking about the drive again. All right? just. <laughs> but but here's the th- John, here's the other thing about Tom Brady, though. So so you're talking about how that was the greatest team. I They're not the greatest team without him, for sure. Right. And the only year that he wasn't there, they didn't even – I think they missed the playoffs. They were 11-5 and five with Matt Castle and missed the playoffs. 11-5, <laughs> and five. yeah, that was – I don't know, man. Like that, that's it, any other season, 11 and five gets you not only in the playoffs, but a first round buy. You think, think that that team isn't going to the Super Bowl with Matt Castle? They're not making the AFC Championship game for 17 years in a row with Matt Castle. I don't know. Even man. with the greatness of that team. Well, yeah, probably not. But I also, I, I mean, the, Tom Brady on, you know, in Oakland. This whole time, does he have six Super Bowl rings? I I don't I don't. I bet he has four. Yeah, probably only three or four. <laughs> you guys, are but here's I'm going to catch so much shit from this because <laughs> Good. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers you fan, and yeah. Yinzers are going to be if if any if any of my Yinzer friends hear this, I may be like defriended like in real life, not on social media, but like in real life because people yeah. from Pittsburgh hate Tom Brady. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I we do here in Denver as well. I mean, I think you're supposed to everywhere other than New England and and Tampa Bay now. Um, I think Cleveland likes them. Really? I mean, 
Yeah, because we got to see him eliminate like Pittsburgh from the playoffs all the time, and oh, that's true. Baltimore, yeah. So that was that was nice. Yeah, yeah. Part of my, I, I don't know. He he's he's diminished a little bit in my eyes because Denver just owned him, but especially in the playoffs, he beat he beat Denver once in the playoffs. I don't know. That's that's not good. Um. Anyways, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from there. Um, you guys are both wrong on Aaron Rodgers, obvi. So we can move on. Austin Hooper, James is wrong on Austin Hooper for at least for 2020. I I don't I I, I mean I'm not a huge fan of of Austin Pooper's talent anyways, but I mean now you're going to a brand new system where they already have a, a you know a supremely talented tight end. And, uh, you know, who's been in, who's been working with this quarterback for, you know, two and a half years now. Um, and you've got a ton of mouths to feed there, you know, from Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside and Jarvis Landry out of the slot and, you know, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. There's just, I just don't see a path to any significant volume for Austin Hooper. Yeah, I'll take the L there. It felt dirty to even put him down on there. But I, I will say that system lends itself to some tight end success, especially in the red zone. So that's, that's true. the only thing that I was kind of hoping for. But man, I, I'm not I'm not huge on him either. I think I lump him in kind of like what you said earlier with guys like Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather take flyers on guys later, but man, if he keeps going down in ADP, he's going to be down there with those guys. So yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah. If it didn't feel good, I'll take the L I'll take that. Give him a year, man. Give him a year in that system. Give him a year to of working with Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, let's, let's assume that Baker Mayfield still has that job in 2021 and man, that's that, that's when you go after Austin Hooper and by then his, his ADP is going to be very depressed. So, um, that's the time to strike. Uh, I think we're just a year early. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is another one that it, I mean, neither of you guys even mentioned him and I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen effectiveness from him at every single stop that he's been at. And now he goes to a system where he's got he's got more weapons than he's ever had. Are they necessarily better? Uh, but I mean, he's got a, just a plethora of weapons to throw to. He's, you know, running the, the Joe Brady offense in the Matt Rule system. It's it's just man, this thing looks absolutely explosive and i i just you know teddy bridgewater feels like one of those guys that you take a flyer on that you take a shot with because um you know again like there is the adp part of it the the fact that he is going so late and he's so cheap but even beyond that look around the league look around at all this the different systems how many guys are in a better situation than tom Bra- or than uh, teddy bridgewater here Tom Brady's one of them, but um, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, how, how many guys are actually in a better, have a better opportunity than Teddy Bridgewater? I think he belonged on, on a list somewhere. Um, Eric Ebron, uh, Brian had to sneak in a Steelers take. That's, that's, it's fine. It, 
and it's not even the you know a dislike for Eric Ebron's uh you know his talent it again it's the same with austin hooper it's the freaking opportunity there are just so many mouths to feed there and i don't know man who's your quarterback that's still that to me that still seems kind of up in the air we might still see some duck hodges this year John, this is the third year in a row, though, that we've had to argue against Eric Ebron because year one, Travis the Beard, <laughs> yeah. was, uh, Travis Rasmussen was such an Eric Ebron supporter, and yeah. uh, and you uh, you were not, and I was with you on that. So this is year three of uh, so it's starting to feel personal with Eric Ebron <laughs> on, on your on your end here. Like there just had, there's like an obligatory co-host pushing Eric Ebron on us at all times. Hey, you know, I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> See, knew it, knew it. Uh, and then finally, um, I actually didn't come up with a six. James beat me to it. Uh, I guess James is wrong about comptrollers everywhere. I like, I can't confirm or deny that. They have nothing to do with bowls of floating water. Um, do we know that for a fact? I don't. Yeah, yeah, their job is more accounting, mathematical type thing. Um, yeah, uh, it's more to do with numbers. And uh, they have to count fun. the bowls of water. They have to count the toilets. Less, less fun than that. And uh, and I didn't want it to seem like they could sleep through their job, like I sleep through my uh, my role <laughs> here at uh, as as a superflex uh, analyst. So yeah, I just I wanted to shout out to comptrollers everywhere. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they got a bad, got a bad the, rap here. They're very, they were, they are severely underappreciated. And yes, we at the Superflex Super Show know and acknowledge and respect and appreciate the fact that there is much, much more to your jobs, comptrollers of the USA, uh, than simply counting toilets. We know, <laughs> we know that there's that there's a lot more to it than that. They're just in it for the bribe. That's yeah. it. Just yeah, that's that's why they yeah they're in it for the bribe. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, do you guys have any issues with either of my lists, or can we get out of here? I mean, I know that you don't agree with the things that I said you're wrong about, but uh, I, am I am I way off base with either with any of those? I mean, I'm a little bit pissed that you. <laughs> I mean, I I I put Aaron Rodgers on my list, and then you know I was going down a path of how you know how I'm targeting him and he's a value and his production is valued. And, but, and then John starts talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers the, the, the goat or something. And I, and then next thing you know, you know, he's driving me to make, having to make bad comments about him. <laughs> yeah. I, if you're not keeping praise on Aaron Rodgers, then John's just not going to accept it. Right. I mean, like, the guy can't even chug a beer. You could you could have called yeah. Aaron Rodgers the goat instead of Tom Brady, and still would have been like, "No, you know what? You didn't go far enough." Like that. That's, <laughs> yeah, but that's the one that I'm upset about, John. Tom Brady is definitely the goat. There's no, I mean, come on, you take your personal bias out of this. Tom Brady is is the goat. Let's let's just, I mean, let's put that one to rest. That's the only well, one I have an issue on either list. I, I'm even on on board with the Teddy Bridgewater thing, even though. I'm not a huge fan of his talent. I get it. His opportunity cost, everything is 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 right, and 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 he's a flyer at this point. So I get that. I I think that was that's very good insight by you. 
But come on, man. Tom Brady. <laughs> I, go, I mean, that's just that's just so you can walk down the streets of Denver without getting beat up, right? Is that is that the only reason <laughs> and that you take there? Well, no. I mean, I, I can walk down the streets of Denver without getting beat up because I don't dress like Tom Brady wearing the freaking Uggs. Oh, oh, oh we're going to get how people dress out here. <laughs> Rogers guy. <laughs> about how, how people dress. Oh. I, if, if we're being honest here, uh, Tom Brady is your Aaron Rodgers. So... Uh, but th- all that being said, I-, I didn't say that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. He is, however, the greatest fantasy football quarterback of all time. But uh, as far as the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers does not make the top five, top eight. Yeah, he's he's not there. He's just he's just the best fantasy quarterback that we have ever seen and still among the absolute elites currently. Hey, you guys know that if Saquon played quarterback, he would he would be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's true. I wish that he would so that he's we thrown could just... one he's thrown one he's thrown two passes ever. Uh one in college and one to Odell Beckham in New York and both of them were touchdown passes. So don't add really? me. Isn't uh, Muhammad Sanu has a pretty damn good passer rating as well, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. On, on probably like triple the attempts or something, quadruple the attempts. Oh, it's probably pretty close to that Saquon touchdown rate, though. I mean, yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we, we just we wouldn't have anything to debate if Saquon Barkley played, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, just kind of everything else. We yeah, we just wouldn't have a reason to podcast. He would just. Mm-hmm. He would just kill it all. Yeah, my my uh, analysis career and podcasting career lasts for as long as Saquon is in the league. Once he retires, I'm going to be <laughs> so devastated that I don't know that I'll be able to make it through a, a podcast episode. There's going to be like nine different Penn State players that come through the league at that by then, and Brian's going to have like six more favorites, so it'll be fine. It'll be yeah. fine. Penn State keeps like producing running backs and receivers that just produce in the league, so he'll he'll be all right. I'm gonna give no. you a I'm gonna give you a name. This is this is out of left field, Devi. I'm not even a Devi guy, but I'm gonna give you a name. You asked for it, James. Kaziah Holmes. Remember that name, Kaziah Holmes. You heard it here first. Well, he's gonna be forged by some great Wisconsin cornerbacks, so he should be ready for the NFL game by by. By the time he's uh, he's he's drafted. All right, we're we're going super deep on the super show now, so uh, I think it's a good time to wrap it up for the week. Can we do that? Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts, the Mega Feed, uh, and then once you're subscribed to everything, do us a huge favor: rate and review the super show. It just it helps us to get more people. And uh, from there, we can just touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. You can also get at us on Twitter, at Superflex Show. Even better, individually, James is at underscore James the Brain. Brian's at Brian Harff. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.